What's up, you beautiful fuckers? It's been a long, long fucking time since we've been uh, talked with over here or had you listening to anything that come out of my mouth. Oh, by the way, let's go ahead and start off with uh, parental guidance warning, uh, explicit um, advisory uh, for anybody under a certain age because this is my podcast. This is Behind the Mic with Billy Alexander. Um, and whatever I say goes because I pay for it. I own it. I, uh, distribute it. I do everything on it. So it is mine and I would do what I want. Um, so with that being said, how in the hell are y'all out there? Um, in the, um, ear range world, I would say out there in the listening of podcasts, um, and all of that, um, let me, I'm typing a message. Give me one second here. All right, there we go. Um, guys, it's been a long time. And um, first, I want to say I'm sorry that it's taken so long for me to get a new one on. Due to the fact of work and everything else, um, it's it's kicking my ass. So it's, it's really hurting uh, when I try to get a free time to do a podcast. Um, I've been, uh, last few weeks, I've, I've been able to do a, a couple of things with, uh, some friends of mine over at, uh, Mayhem Unleashed, uh, which you can find on Facebook, um, with TJ Minor and the guys. Um, I, 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 you know, get a chance to call in and do a little thing for them once in a while. Uh, I just haven't had a chance to sit down and talk to you guys like I always want to, and like I've always planned, but, um, right out of the gate, man, uh, breaking news today, um, ended in uh happiness and um safety but uh pro wrestling superstar michael elgin known for new japan pro wrestling um also known for tna impact um also known for ring of honor um and his defunct um federation here pro wrestling uh or glory glory pro or uh, you know what i don't even remember what it was called i'm so sorry uh, like one, two shows, and that was about it, and things just didn't work out. 
Um, as everybody knows, Michael Elgin was involved in a lot of the things that was going on in the world of the. Um, how do you? How do we? How do we say this now? Um, there, there was a lot of allegations against Michael Elgin and a lot of other pro wrestlers out there um, with sexual assault um, and a lot of other things. Um, Michael Elgin went missing um, and had not been heard from for days. Um, earlier today, um, a very close friend and a, a worker in a business did put out a uh, message for everybody on Facebook and the world uh, that Michael Elgin was missing and no one had heard from him. Uh, if anybody had heard or seen or any knows any information to call in. Luckily, the information came out, and within about an hour and a half, two hours after it got put out, uh, Michael Elgin was found safe in St. Louis. Um, according to him, he just needed to get away and needed to clear his head and needed time away from anything and everybody. Um, no other details have been given out, so we don't know what mindset or anything like that, but we do wish Michael Elgin the best in uh, whatever the issues are that are going on. Now... Sports, it's baseball time, baby. St. Louis Cardinals are, are are not doing too well. They're down there in the third, fourth spot. Um, St. Louis are is is just not not cutting the mustard right now. You got Chicago and Milwaukee bouncing around up top. Um, some interesting things going on in baseball this year. Um, I don't ever really watch a whole lot of baseball until after the All Star break, which a lot of people say that that's kind of a, a shitty deal. You should watch from the first game if you're if if possible. Um, I just don't have the way to watch baseball. I don't I don't pay for cable. I have a Fire Stick. I have the internet. I just don't watch a lot of cable television anymore. Um, with a Fire Stick, I'm able to watch whatever I want when I want, um, even new shows and all that stuff. If you know about Fire Sticks, you know all about that. Um, but um, so I haven't really watched a lot of baseball. I don't really watch a lot of football anymore, unless it's college. I watch a shitload of college ball when I get a chance, um, and I follow up pretty close. Um, Springfield Sliders here in Springfield, Illinois, are, are getting off uh, on a good end, uh, staying around in that first place uh, column for them. It, uh, excuse me, in the Prospect League. Um, so that's always a good thing for uh, the Springfield Sliders um, and the boys. Now, guys, a lot of things have happened, man. Um, a lot of things have gone on, and a lot of other things have, you know, really gone bad. Um, I try not to speak of the bad because it just always brings everybody down, and there's no reason for that. Um, so we want to uh, kind of get away from that. Um, I want to bring everything up in positive, upbeat, um, and all that as well. I'll make sure that everyone's got a good time. Um, because there's no reason for all the the bad shit, if you if you know what I mean. So we're not going to talk about a lot of that bad stuff that's been going on, but there has been a lot of really bad shit that's been happening in the world, um, and it's a tragedy um, that it's still to this day. Well, I got an incoming call. Give me one second here. Call from CJ. Oh shit. Holy shit, we've got a caller on the air live here. Behind the mic with Billy Alexander. Who do we got out there in the land of 309? This is 
Mayhem Unleashed, very own DJ Mike. Ladies and gentlemen, as I was talking a little bit ago about Mayhem Unleashed, you can find that on uh, Facebook. Uh, check us out. Usually every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, sometimes due to, yeah, you know, foreseen circumstances, shit happens, and it usually comes from the road, or it may just not happen because of <laughs> other things. But none other than the host, the man, the one who pushes all the buttons, Mayhem Unleashed's own TJ Minor. TJ, I know you're on the road. Where are you at right now? Right now, I'm in, uh, I'm in northern Texas, in Mineral Wells, Texas, beautiful little town. Uh, very good people here when I get loaded when I get unloaded they're quick about it and keep me rolling so well that's always a good thing where are you headed straight out of there ah, believe, it or, believe it or not today I go back to Dallas I get reloaded tomorrow and then I'm going up to Peoria to this wonderful place called Brewers distributing uh oh I've heard of that place they're, they're, they're actually gonna turn me loose someplace near beer I don't think this might this may not be a good idea for them. No, you don't. You don't ever want to just turn somebody loose. What, what's that? What's that one song called? Turn me loose. Turn me loose. Yeah, that song. You don't want to do that around a bunch of alcohol, especially with some of us crazy motherfuckers. Well, especially with me in general. I mean, for crying out loud, I'm getting ready to walk into the Walmart here, local of Mineral Wells, and see about getting some 1800s. So I'm ready for Friday night. Well, there you go. Speaking of uh. Speaking of having had good times, I've uh I've got all my stuff done for the day, so I uh I gotta start this podcast off right. Give me one second here. Let me uh Okay, here we go. One, two Ah Ah, here's the beer. Yeah. Beer is flowing and a dude abides. I uh I picked up a new can koozie and it is uh from the Big Lebowski. It is the dude and the dude abides. So we are drinking right now. So I come across this news article, TJ, and uh, you happen to be the first one on before I started to talk about it. Let me give you the title to this this news article um, that has that has come out. Let's see, this is being published from uh, June seventeenth through June twenty third uh, in a local publication here in our home uh, hometown, um, making it illegal for police to lie to kids. The new legislation protects the youth from police coercion and introduce civic courses. Huh. Okay, my first response to that, you know, being a former military police officer, my very first thought that goes with that is, when did it ever become okay to lie to kids? Exactly. It says that and the... Go ahead. And if we're looking at a law enforcement agency that's actually going to condone that type of action, why is that law enforcement agency not being overseen at this point? The new legislation is awaiting a governor's signature to become law, would prohibit law enforcement from using any unethical interrogation tactics, such as lying and coercion, on Illinois youth 17 years of age and younger. So, a lot of these 17-year-olds that are out there and doing things they're not really supposed to be doing and getting in trouble, we're going to see a lot less of 17-year-olds in jail or in prison for things they didn't do because of this law that's coming into effect. 
I could debate that one as well. I mean, you got to think about this. You, at one point in time, you were 16, 17 years old. I was 16, 17 years old at one point. We both got a pretty good grasp on how stupid you are at that age. <clears throat> so if there's a kid that's going to step over those bounds and do what they're going to do, there's nothing that's going to stop them. Decades of research showing teens and youth are ineffectively represented during hearings and falsely confessed to crimes because of all of the stuff that's been happening. Much of the evidence used to charge and convict children can now be unreliable, according to researchers at Northwestern's Center on Wrongful Convictions of Youth and the school's Children and Family Justice Center. Okay, well, that's where the first screw-up is coming in in this research, because it's being done in Chicago. (laughs) (laughs) We've we've already got screw-up number one. It's being done in Chicago. We absolutely know it's got to be misconstrued to begin with. Now, if it was done at, like, UIS, or it was done at Southern Illinois or Eastern or something of that nature, then maybe I could get behind it a little bit more. Northwestern, that's Chicago. It's getting screwed up right there. Why why doesn't or why isn't Chicago listed as its own state? I mean seriously, this has been a debate for so many years. Why is it not considered a state on its own? Why wasn't it a state law to begin with? If this is really seriously such a problem. And if they really think that this is going to be a problem, why Chicago's always done litmus tests on things like this before. Do the litmus test in Cook County and find out for sure, then move forward. But see, here's the problem. They always go with this little bitty packet of info they get, and then they run with it and say whatever they want, one, to make themselves look good, and two, to misconstrue everybody on the outside that's listening. Sure, absolutely. And that's half of the battle when you're dealing with... (laughs) That's half the battle when you're dealing with an area like Chicago. Chicago is overrun by one side of the political spectrum. Now, I'm not saying they're 100% wrong. I'm not saying they're 100% right. (coughs) You've got to have both of them to have a balance. You are correct on that. problem of it is, is we don't, and I don't think we ever will. And that's the question. When are we going to see the balance? And how? Until we see it, we don't know. That's the uh, that's the main issue here. They they don't know when, they don't ever know when. Son of a bitch, I made a mess, or anything else in that matter. Well, and then keep in mind that we run into it on the national level at the same time. Everybody gets what they want on one side, and then when it goes completely awry, then the, the voting public comes in and they say, "That's it." No, we want the opposite side of it, and it, it's been a. Uh, political back and forth like a game of ping pong for the last 40 years the only way it's going to change is to dump the original system and go back to the way that the framers of the constitution actually wrote it where everybody is a volunteer right but in that in that sense neither you nor i and not too many of the people that are listening right now would ever live long enough to see something like that happen you know what? If my kid got to live long enough to see it, though, that would be great. You know, and that could happen. It's just that money's involved in every decision made on every scale from the tippest top to the lowest bottom 
on everything we do. And that's the problem there as well, because there's so many fat cats getting fatter while the rest of us all suffer under the stupidest stuff or even the most ridiculous things. Um, and it just causes a problem later down the road for us and for the you know our kids or even their kids' kids because by that time it's a big shit show and everyone's trying to figure a way out. Exactly. And as it continues to go downhill and continue further downhill and further downhill and further downhill, the only thing we're seeing at the end of the tunnel is just more corrupt- corruption and greed. I mean, we've taken people who started off in office and they started off with literally nothing. They were sleeping on their desks. And if you look at somebody in that position, such as a Nancy Pelosi is a good example. Now, all of a sudden, multimillionaire. Tell me there's no corruption going on there. Prove to me that's the case. I'll sit down and I'll listen to you. I always like a good interview. I always like to sit down and talk to somebody about anything and everything. You can go ahead and tell me your entire life story. I'll sit and listen to you because i got enough respect for the person that's talking to sit there and listen to what they have to say. Do I got to agree with what that person's going to tell me? No. Um, exactly. But I would gladly sit down with people like that and listen to their story or tell me how they got where they are if, if they would really tell me the truth. And the problem of it is, is most of them wouldn't do that. Now, that's a fact, too. Uh, no matter how you look at it or any way you shake it, we've been taught at a young age, and it's still very true today as it was many years ago, politics is a dirty business. It, and it's going to remain a dirty business until the actual political reforms come in and we get back to, and I'm a big advocate for this, get back to how the framers of the Constitution actually wrote it. Don't overthink it. Don't overstep it. Just go with what's there. But that's the thing. They always overthink it, and that's what causes all the problems. You're absolutely correct. I mean, here's a great example. If you look at the crime rate, say, in 1886, compared to the crime rate today, it is such a different ballgame. It's completely different, It's and it's insane how different it really is. Because... Back then, even if you were convicted of a felony, back then, you uh, you wound up doing your time, finish your time, and then when you came out, end of the day, you got a hundred bucks and you got a firearm. Right. Well, that hundred bucks and that firearm could either help you start a new life or you could go out and screw up again and wind up back in the pokey in the pokey and that's the funny thing because they called it the pokey <laughs> yeah they did back then too they really did can you imagine from 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 1886 all the way to where we are today the pokey means two different things now guys it means you're going to fucking jail you're going to fucking jail and you're going to end up playing a game with pokey or being poked different ball game today uh you know now instead of saying you are here for a punishment and you need to pay for pay that time for that punishment they're more worried about making sure that these folks that are in these jails and in these prisons are getting cable tv and air conditioning and i don't blame the people that are on the line doing the job they got to do the job and it sucks right I am blaming the politicians in charge for not recognizing that there is an issue and it needs to be solved. 
You know, I I don't know if we'll ever go back to this way, but you remember the old saying that, you know, it was an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. You looked at another man's woman, they plucked your eye. You stole something, they cut off your hand. Um, yeah. You know, other things, they, they, they cut your fucking head off. I mean, it's just shit happens back then. Um, These things still happen in third world nations. I myself, um, I think that... Depending on the state, I guess, because every state has different rules or, or regulations or whatever you want to call them. I honestly sure. think that in a lot of places, the death penalty should be reinstated for certain crimes um, or public hangings. They, they, they don't get me wrong, because I, I now this I know the the day and age we have right now. There is no way in fucking hell a public hanging would ever happen downtown square in, in this day and age. Because oh my god, there's so many snowflakes and Karens and Bobs. But I'm saying, I think that if there was a death penalty enforced on certain crimes, and we did bring back public hangings, I think crime rates may be a little bit lower. Well, another, another perfect deterrent to bring back a lot of different things that's going to prevent a lot of your crime is go back to constitutional carry and paying attention to what the Second Amendment really stands for. Read it and understand it. The people of the United States of America are guaranteed the right to keep and possess firearms in order to form a more perfect militia. More perfect being the key. That means everybody is responsible for defending the nation, and the framers of the Constitution guaranteed that right as a way to assist in protecting this nation from what could happen. Well, if you think about it, with the COVID issue that they recently came in and did what it did, a lot of places literally almost was already to that point of a straight militia against the government because of what was happening. All you have to do is go back and look at the Look at earlier this year. Look back at January. Look at the insurgents that happened to Capitol Hill. Yes. Okay, I agree on one hand. I agree that, yes, there's reason to be upset with this country. There's a way to handle it. I disagree with how they handled it, but I understand the reasoning why. Because the way they handled it, as far as I'm concerned, is treason. A lot of a lot of people think that uh, and feel that way. And the reason I say it was a treasonous action is because they attacked the Capitol with the intention of inflicting harm. If they would have marched the Capitol, done a protest, make their their means known and why, be loud about it. Put 200,000 people on the steps of the Capitol. Do not let it get violent. No, because everybody has the right to a peaceful protest about whatever it is that they want to talk about and speak upon and share what they have to feel about it without any harm being done. But there's always that one stupid person that either does or says the wrong thing, and all hell breaks loose for no reason, and it all goes to hell. And that's exactly what we happened. What happened on Capitol Hill back in January? You had a select few that took it to the stupid level, and then when they did, that they were guilty of treason. 
There is a major difference between treason and loyal opposition. I'm more than willing to march the Capitol and say that they are wrong, but I will do it in loyal opposition and not create a violent scene. Right. And there was a, there was a gentleman back in the 1960s that did the same thing, made his made his feelings known and why. His name was Dr. Martin Luther King. Never once was there a violent act during that protest. Never. Never. And if you have ever listened to the I Have a Dream speech, it is one of the most wonderfully written speeches in history. Amazing how eloquent it really was. And it got the point across. You're damn right it did. We should be living in harmony, no matter what anybody thinks. I fully agree with it. There's so many people afraid of the unknown. And I hate to say it, the the previous two presidencies and the current administration, they're not doing anything to help. No, no, they're not. And I don't believe that they're going to. They're only going to do what they need to that's going to help them. Not worry about us, uh, you know, small common folk, as we're referred to when it comes to those type of things. But there's one thing, TJ, that I, that, that I, I did find out this week. Somebody else was having a lot of issues uh, this week in their household. And it was, only because of, it was only because of one problem. They just couldn't remember somebody's name. And that's what really sucks. How was it, Jesse? <laughs> our uh our friend of ours had a issue he uh he decided to accept a wrestling for a cure challenge um which a lot of the fans that listen know what wrestling for a cure is so i don't really have to explain that um oh where he would have to eat 25 pickled uh quail eggs for a total of 250 <laughs> $250. Now, it was added on that he had to also drink a case of uh, old-style hot. Um, yeah. So that got added on. But anyway, so... Who would do something like that? <laughs> the, day that, the day that he meets up with me to uh, get those set eggs, he introduced me to his girlfriend and told me her name was Jessie. Now, for the listeners who are listening, they don't know any of this story. So he, oh, inter- okay. he introduces me to a girl... Who he says is his girlfriend, and her name is Jesse. Couple weeks go by. We're doing a episode of Mayhem Unleashed, and it comes up about his girlfriend, and he calls her Susan. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa! Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Now, when he met up with me, he told me her name was Jesse. So we've had this running, this running gag going that. He told me his girlfriend's name was Jesse, and his girlfriend Susan is is mad about it, and to the point where she's been live, and I've brought it up. And now every time that we have the podcast, I make sure that we hear Rick Springfield's Jesse's Girl. Um, I don't own any of the rights to that song, just so everyone knows. That was straight Rick Springfield and owned by Rick Springfield. But we have that running gag, and it plays throughout the show on and off, and it's hilarious because it comes out of nowhere. Um... And I heard that he was having some issues this week, and I wanted to I wanted to address that on the show today. Well, which issues are we talking about here? 
that he can't remember girls' names, and he calls his girlfriend <laughs> Jesse when it's Susan, or Susan when it's Jesse. I don't really know. I just wanted to make sure that people well, were aware. I mean, I've heard Jesse. I've heard Susan. I've heard Summer. I've heard uh, I've heard Sandy. I've heard a bunch of different names now. Yeah, and I just, I just, I just hope that he's able to figure out whatever the issue is, so he doesn't have to keep making whatever his girlfriend's real name is mad because she seems awful scary when she's mad. Oh, the butcher knife. Yeah, you remember that? A couple of weeks ago, he came up. She came up behind him <laughs> with the butcher knife at the storm door. <laughs> she sure did. So, um, <laughs> so that's that's some of the craziness that goes on around us. Um, poor, the poor bastard can't remember his girlfriend's name for nothing. He gets in trouble all the time, um, for it, but you know, it's, it is what it is. Um, have you seen any sports, uh, in the last few days? You know, I don't get to see a whole lot of sports when I'm on the road. I try to keep up, but it's difficult. Right. I was telling the listeners earlier, I don't watch a lot of baseball cause I, I don't own, I don't own cable TV. I've. I went to Internet Only and Fire Stick, and I watch literally everything I want when I want, and I don't have to worry about all the bullshit. So um, I keep track of it through you know, ESPN and the radio, and every now and then I'll click a ball game on. But I haven't really listened to a whole lot of sports this, uh, this year. I mean, I think I've maybe seen one full baseball game, uh, maybe one and a half. I haven't really sat down and watched. I've watched half a basketball game. I just, I just don't watch a lot of sports anymore. Now, if it's Saturday... Uh, starting around 1030, um, in most places, 10 o'clock in the others. And it's during, uh, September, uh, through January, I'm watching college football, baby, every single Saturday. And I will find a way to watch it. Oh, I love college football. There's, there's, there's nothing better than watching college football, um, now as it was then, because, College football is, in my opinion, 100% more entertaining and more of a sportsman game uh, than the NFL has been in the last 10 years. Well, there's absolutely more heart when you look at any collegiate-level sport. Uh, take our very own Springfield Sliders, collegiate-level, and better baseball than you see going down to Bush or up to Wrigley. Right, right. Um, and for those of you who don't know, uh, Springfield Sliders is a prospect league, collegiate-level style baseball uh, played here in our hometown. They have a stadium, um, and um, you ought to come and check it out sometimes. They uh, play all over the country um, in the prospect league, and it's a, it's, a fun, it's a fun night. It's a fun experience, and they make sure the kids are involved in everything as well. And if you don't mind, Billy, I'm going to go ahead and plug something that we do have going on on that note. Oh, no, surely not. Tune in on Mayhem Unleashed because we still have a few more pairs of tickets left for our July the 3rd party box that we are giving away. We're trying to pack the party box for the sliders and food, drinks, you know, we're going to have a good time. Now, is that food and drink, in, you know, in with the ticket? Do you, do you get, like, what is it, hot dogs and hamburgers? I mean, you got a limit, but yes, you get a couple of hot dogs, a couple of hamburgers, or whatever you're going to get. Maybe one or two beers, and then you know, above and beyond that, obviously, you got to pay the distributor. Sure, sure. You know, I was I was but, looking looking at my schedule, and uh, I got uh, told I got told today, well, not today, yesterday, when uh, my other boss came back, that she believes that she gave me the fourth of July off, and I said, well, what? When have you got me working on the third? 
And she says, I don't know. I think I think you're working maybe 10 to 7 or 11 to 8. And I said, well, I'll probably get that changed. I'm probably going to switch my day off for that. So I'm hoping that I'm able to switch my day off and make July 3rd my day off for that week so that I can attend the ball game alongside of Mayhem Unleashed and, and at least watch some baseball and, and, and have some good time. Right, and we will be broadcasting live before the game out front, kind of like the old days, you know, because as everybody's well aware, if they've listened to either one of the shows I'm on multiple on all week, I'm a former broadcaster, so I remember doing like concerts and baseball games and all sorts of stuff before the game out front. We're going to pregame it up. You know, what I always thought was cool was like, you used to be able to show up to a, an event or or a sporting event of some sort even, and the local radio stations are outside and they have a microphone, a camera, and either a cell phone or a small transmitter type deal where they're literally calling in or they're broadcast live over the local radio station that they work for at that time right from there. I always love the mobile locations. Mobile locations were always fun no matter what station you listen to. Because they always done some crazy things, and sporting events are even more crazier than just a regular event of of, of capacity. Yep, and we're going to take it to the next level. We're going to be out there broadcasting live and set up, and ready to go, and have the whole network out there. Now that is that is what I'm trying to do. There's no guarantees of that yet, but I am trying my hardest. Uh, to make that happen, so at least I'd be able to attend a Sliders game this year. Besides, take me out to the Brawl game, which takes place June 18th, or excuse me, July 18th, which is also one right. day after Wrestling for a Cure. But I would like to be able to... You and, are, you are going to be so exhausted that weekend. You know, here's the thing, man. For, for a lot of people that don't know, so the Wrestling for a Cure deal, we usually start that right around the end of February, 1st of March, where we start doing a roll call, we start, we start thinking of some things. We start, you know, know who's going to automatically, you know, hit us up and say, I'm in, you know I am, so we can start structuring a card. But when it comes down to not just the day, the day before, the day of, but the last 30 days prior to the show is when it's 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 gung-ho. You, you put the seatbelt on, you strap down nice and tight, you tie your shoes up real nice and tight so they don't ever come off, and you hit the pavement and you book. And you just go, and you go, and you go, and you go. There is no sleep for it. The week of the show is the worst because everything on top of it is you're dealing with, oh, hey, man, I'm going to be there, but I'm going to be late, or, oh, hey, I had this happen, now I'm going to have, you know, it happens. It's the world of professional wrestling, guys. I was planning on being there, but my vagina got hurt. You know, and that's cool because they have vagina ease, and that'll take care of issues for anybody that needs it. (laughs) The point of it is, guys, is, that you don't understand is the well, if it gets real bad. You can always get the pitch be gone wiped out. That's true. We can just wipe them away. Um, right. But the week of the show is the craziest. And then you get to that two days before and you're like cloud nine, hardly any sleep working 40 hours. You know, you're just trying to get things by. And then the day of the show happens and it's just gung ho balls to the wall. As soon as the sun comes up, because if anybody knows who I am and how I am with when it comes to wrestling, the day of a wrestling show, I am up at 6 a.m. and I'm all over social media all day long until that bell rings for the first match of the evening. And with Wrestling for a Cure, it's a thousand times worse. Right. And this is going to be the first year 
and hopefully not the last, but the very first year that I'm also going to be at Wrestling for a Cure and live on location. And you guys are going to be busy. I know that. Yeah. But I'll have Tyler there to pick on. Right, right, right. I wonder if he'll bring Jesse or Susan. I don't know. Maybe, well, I hope he doesn't bring Summer. We've seen that picture. Oof. Right. So, I didn't send a picture on social media because it's a little, uh, it probably land me in Facebook jail for at least 24 hours. But uh, my wife. Hey, 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 wrong show. You can't go to Facebook jail. That's on my show. I know, right? So, <laughs> I haven't I haven't posted a picture of this, so not too many people know that I have it. Um, but my wife got me a personalized coffee cup. Um I drink lots of coffee. Uh, I drink lots of different types of coffee. Um, I didn't know you were a coffee nut, too. Yeah, and she saw this coffee cup, and she says, you know what, I need to get this for Tim because, by God, it sure suits him. So she goes ahead and she places this order for this coffee cup, and it shows up the other day. Uh And I get home. I have to close that night, of course, so I get home late. And I usually have to wind down because I can't go to sleep right away. So I'm watching TV and drinking a few beers. And they're all like, oh, we're going to go to bed. And I'm like, all right, I'll see you guys in a little while. It's like 3.30, almost 4 in the morning. And I look over and I'm like, well, I wonder what's in this box. We'll see what she got me. So I open it up, have a nice fucking chuckle, put it back in the box, finish what I was doing. And I go to bed like an hour later. So the next morning she gets up, sees the box is open. She's like, ah, I wanted to see your face when you opened it. And I'm like, oh, sorry. It was like 3.34 in the morning. I was like, ah, let's see what it is. (laughs) So it's a black coffee cup, full-size cups, probably uh, probably about a 16-ounce cup. Um, And it literally says on the front of it, and I can show you a picture of this, your pull-out game is weak. Happy Father's Day. (laughs) And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And I did. I chuckled for a minute. I thought it was pretty fucking funny. But I know for a fact if I post this on Facebook, they're probably going to nail me for it. Or they'll get a chuckle out of it. Yeah. So it's one that I'll have to sit up in the cabinet with uh, my other special coffee cup that she got me a while back when uh, a certain other, well, I I, I guess is still a friend. I don't know. Um, I don't. It doesn't seem like it because I don't talk to him every day like we used to uh, go do things anymore. But um, a buddy of mine and I did a, used to do a show called The Moss and Tom Show. Um, and she had personalized coffee cups made for him and I. Um, we had a Funko Pop made of Moss and Tom. And she had that made into a coffee mug specifically just for him and I. Um, that one sits in a cabinet. That does not get used. And I believe this one will sit right next to it because I don't need to use it because God knows it's not going to help me with my pullout game. Probably not. Uh, my ex-wife had one that she had, she gave it to me and then she took the damn thing into divorce. Figure this one out. But it was a brown coffee cup. Hey, you know, I, you know how coffee is. You get up in the morning, you have two, three cups. What do you got to do? Most people have to shit or piss. So exactly. So it was a brown coffee cup, and in white lettering on it, it said, coffee makes me poop. 
<laughs> and that was my favorite coffee cup. And she took it in the divorce. Right. I think she did it on purpose. I, like, I think she did too. I was like, you know, I want that coffee cup. I have. I drink out of. Uh, I have a Big Ten, a collegiate Big Ten cup, with a Big Ten uh, teams on it. That's my that's my usual cup. I also have uh, another special cup that I have that I got from when I used to work on the hog farms, and it's a uh, it's a coffee cup from the pharmaceutical company that provided certain drugs for the farm to you know give the pigs when it was needed. Um, and on the front of it, it had a it had a pig. And it had the little, you know, message of what kind of medicine it was. And it was just, it was just a neat little cup. I drank off, you know, I drank out of it every day on the farm. And I ended up taking it home with me the day that I left the company. Um, but, yeah, I mean, right now I have my one or two favorite cups that I use, <laughs> uh, which I think everybody does. Well, I've got one that I keep here in the semi that uh, my family owns a golf car business in Texas. And it is the coffee cup for the golf car business. Oh. And I have an identical one back. I have an identical one back up at home. Nice. So, uh, let me ask you how you take your coffee because I'm a I'm a I'm a strict coffee drinker. My wife has to use ten pounds of sugar. Oh, that's wrong. And a half a gallon of fucking creamer of some sort. When I go to a coffee place or go to have coffee, or even when I go to a restaurant and ask for coffee, what does the waitress or waitress uh, waiter usually ask? You want sugar? You want cream? You want blah, blah, blah? No. Brew me some coffee, pour it in a cup, bring it to me, and bring me an ice water so I can put an ice cube or two in it so I can drink it right away. Because most coffees everyone knows comes out scalding hot, and you sure as shit don't want to try to drink that. But I drink mine straight black because I like the taste of the coffee bean. Right. Well, you know, if I have a, if I'm by myself, I say black. If I'm having breakfast with somebody and I know them, I look over and I go, I want it strong and black, just like he likes his women. Exactly. So if I was going <clears> to <throat> drink coffee with you, I'd point at you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that's how I have my coffee. I don't really add anything to it. I, I, I drink certain coffees because I like, I really do like the taste of the of the bean. I mean, I drink dark roast coffee. I don't drink that light roast or medium roast. I drink dark roast coffee. Um, I've tried uh, the Folgers Black Silk Dark Roast, and I enjoy it. I drink it all the time. That's not bad. I do drink Maxwell House Smooth. That's really good. And then I, uh, I got into this uh, Folgers Noir, N-O-I-R. They had three different kinds. Um, okay. And the Golden Tusk is the one I like the best. Uh, if you haven't tried it, I suggest you try it. It's uh, it's pretty good. But um, I sometimes fancy myself to try a flavored coffee. Um, so the other day I saw a flavored coffee that's a Starbucks coffee. Uh, it's K-Pod. So I didn't buy it from Starbucks. I just got it from you know the local convenience store, and it's a K-Pod. But um, one of my favorite Italian desserts is a uh, tiramisu. Okay. And I found a tiramisu-flavored Starbucks coffee. Hmm. And I thought, shit, 
I'll give it a shot. Because if I don't like it, I'm sure as shit the wife will drink it, even though she hates tiramisu. So I try it. I'm like, that's pretty goddamn good. She tells me the next morning, she's like, hey, you know, I don't like tiramisu. I hate the fucking shit, but I sure like that coffee. I'm like, get the fuck out of my coffee. <laughs> that is my coffee. And isn't, that, isn't that how it usually works? You find one you really like, and then they want to drink all of it. Right. That's how that happens. And she's a type where she can drink coffee throughout the day sometimes. So, you know, two, three cups in the morning, which is it's normal. I usually drink literally a half a pot or a full pot of coffee every morning just because I need that fucking wake up. She could drink right. it through the day, and it could be a pot or two through the day. So she's going to drink, you know, quite a bit. Um, so I have to buy lots of coffee because we drink lots of coffee. Yeah, I can understand that and even appreciate it. Uh, as you know, I've got a cousin that lives two doors away from me in the little town that I live in. And it's very little. During the summer months, during the summer months, we always try to have coffee at least one morning while I'm home. Right. And we'll drink maybe a pot and a half, two pots. Winter months when we're not doing anything, it's five, six pots of coffee before we both look at each other and go, what are we doing? It's time for a beer. <laughs> That's that's a lot of coffee in the winter. Case is warm. <laughs> so does whiskey. And then it's usually about a twelve pack of beer, and then we're into the tequila. And then when we get into the tequila, well, those are the days that are like Easter Sunday, where they turn into fifteen hundred dollar days. Yeah, those can be uh, those can be very expensive. Well, I gotta admit, we got a lot for the $1,500. Well, as long as you got your money's worth, that's all that really fucking... Ah, damn it. What really fucking matters? Well, we got a Ford Ranger, we got two boats, and we got a motorcycle. For the $1,500. Then when it was all said and done, we we had to figure out how to divvy it all up. He got the Ranger and that, that crap motorcycle, and I took one boat and he took the other one. Oh, well, there you go. And I got the better boat. So, I'm like, all right, good. Get the motor fixed on that boat, and then when I get visits from people here in a couple more weeks, and I've got that boat fixed, and i got my trucks running right, well, I could be a fishing guide. Yeah, I'm going to have to come down one of these days when you uh, do get that all up and going, just so I can get away for a little while. I'll tell you what, um, Sandridge State Forest is not that far from my house. <laughs> it's, it's a primitive campground. I mean, you're not talking full hook there, but seven bucks a night. Right. Seven bucks a night to, to pop up a tent, a little good old cooking campfire. Yeah. As long as there's fishing and all that, I don't really give a shit. Well, spring, or spring Lakes on one way right down the road, uh, Lake Chautauqua was walking distance from my house, but take the boat and go launch it. Hell, I don't care. There's plenty of fishing, and then, you know, of course, fall, you've got plenty of hunting, too. You know, and that's, that's a fun time, too. You know, I haven't really been hunting since uh, probably early, early 2000s was the last time I went hunting. Uh, I went hunting, uh, squirrel hunting with a buddy of mine. Uh, I call him Lunchbox, um, and I'll tell you the story behind that here in a minute. But um, my family property 
uh, back home is uh, 22 acres of family land. Um, it is surrounded by timber down through most side of it, and then, of course, throughout the entire back of it. Uh, it is right. off the highway. So, I mean, there is a, a long road that you drive down to get to the house. Um, it does have property in the back that's livable. Um, there's the old, I'm talking old train tracks uh, that still sit back on the main property that used to run through that area way back in the day before they rerouted the tracks. So right. there's probably, eh, probably about 500 yards of rail sitting on the property in a certain area where the rest had all been taken and removed. But in that area, um, blackberries and raspberries grow in abundance. Um, sure. And when I was a kid, I would go in there and I would pull all I could and take quarts of this to my grandmother, uh, you know, rest her, rest her soul, and she would make uh, blackberry jam and raspberry jam, and we'd be able to eat on it all summer long and through the winter. Um I had a go-kart when I was a kid, so we had plenty of dirt road to ride around on and plenty of space, no issues, no traffic, no one had to bother us. Um, and the back area was 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 Squirrel Haven. Um, and the back area of the property where the timber sits is quite lengthy. So what we would do is we would show up. We had our jackets on. We had a couple of buckets. We had the back of a pickup truck. A bunch of beer, two shotguns. We go out. That sounds like a D Mac afternoon. Yeah. We go out. He goes to one end, and I go down about three quarters the other way to the other end. So we're far enough away, we don't have to worry too well. We would center the tree and wait for them to all come out, stand up, and pop off a, a, a full chamber of shells, hope we hit something, and sit down and relax for a few minutes, gather our kill, and sit back and wait for the next round of them to come out because they're stupid. Right. We do this all day long. Um, box after box after box of shells all day. Many a trips from the timber to the pickup truck because they had to empty the jacket. And uh, we'd have squirrel the whole entire winter. Um, that's literally the last time I remember going hunting with squirrel hunting was way back in those days. Um, with my buddy Lunchbox. Now, i tell you the short story of why we called him Lunchbox. Um, he's a six foot four, 375-pound dude. Um, just just when you see him get out of a pickup truck, you're like, yep, not fuck with that guy, no matter what was going on. I mean, it was, he just had that presence. Um, and one night, we decided to go into the local pub and we're looking for something different than beer because, I mean, we literally just drink beer Beer, 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 beer. I mean, that's just what we did. Uh, I right. come from a river rat town. I mean, that's all we did. And the bartender says, well, we got this new drink in. It's called a lunchbox. Now, mind you, this is a very long time ago. And I'm like, what the fuck is a lunchbox? I don't want to drink a fucking beer out of a fucking kitty lunchbox. They're like, no, 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 no. So they tell us what it is. And they make one. It's a here, try. If you don't like it, I won't charge you no big deal. If you like it. You know, I'll let you have two or three on the house, and we'll go from there. I was fucking the bartender at the time, so that kind of helped out a little bit with money-wise every time we went in as well. Yeah, obviously. So we're like, all right, we'll try it. Now, for most people out there, it's probably not for them. But a lunchbox is a mug of beer. Uh, You drop a shot of amaretto, and you top it off with some orange juice. 
and then you pick it up and slam it. You don't sip it like your fucking sissy drinks that some of you fuckers out there drink or a sippy sippy on whatever you think is alcohol. You slam it, you slow it down, and you get another one. Eh, wasn't bad. I liked it. It was a big mistake. They liked you a little too much too, didn't they? Yes. So we decided we were going to hold load the bar full of lunchbox drinks. And we did a contest. We decided to see which one of us two could finish off so many of these lunchboxes before the other. Now, mind you, again, he's six foot four, six foot five, three seventy five, big guy who drinks. I was a two hundred and some odd pound kid who drank. So we went ahead and loaded them up, and we went one for one for one for one all the way down the fucking bar. By the time we finished, about 20 of these were done. I had so much orange juice in me, you could have went on a Florida commercial and just stuck a straw in my arm and sucked it out of my fucking veins. Jesus. But he stood up and he said, I just drank 20 of them fucking drinks, and I don't feel a fucking thing. As he stood up, twirled sideways to take off towards the bathroom. Decided I want to have a beer now, so I had and ordered two beers, racked up the balls on the table, and waited for him to return. Five minutes goes by. That's a normal drunk piss. Ten minutes go by. That's a really drunk piss. Fifteen minutes go by. Twenty minutes go by. Twenty-five minutes later, he still hasn't returned from the fucking bathroom. So I'm That's thinking... I start wondering if he's getting a blowjob in the bathroom. So then I start to think... Shit, did he fall down? Is he passed out? Is he back here throwing his guts up? I mean, what the fuck happened here? So I go back there, open the bathroom door, and he's standing there staring at the stall door. I said, dude, what the fuck are you doing? He looks at me and he says, I've been waiting for this door to open so I can go in here and take a fucking piss. I said, what the fuck you mean you've been waiting for the door to open and take a... Push the motherfucker open and go take a piss. He says, I can't. I said, what do you mean you can't? He says, I'm too fucking drunk. I can't raise my arms. Holy shit. So I open the door, shove him inside. He fucking finally stumbles out. We go to the bar, sit down. There's two more lunchboxes for each of us on the table because somebody saw us drinking them and thought, oh, let's buy some more. He literally looks at the guy and says, I'm not drinking another one of them goddamn lunchboxes if your fucking life depended on it. So I drank the four. By that time, I'm pretty fucking buzzed out drunk because it's about 24 of those fucking drinks. To this day, I've called him lunchbox because he literally told that motherfucker he wasn't ever going to do it. But I still think it's funny that he stood there and couldn't open the door because he was too drunk to rift his fucking arms. I've got a similar story, but it was more embarrassing on me than anybody else. So I was uh, interning at a radio station in Bloomington. This is before I took my first paid job. I was going to college up there. I was on the college radio station. I was on the local rock station. I had a full-time job. Okay. okay. So a buddy of mine says, well, I've been to Mackinac. I know where you've been. I know where you were raised. 
what's one of your favorite places to go run around? Can you show me? And I said, well, yeah. I, so I drove out to the area I live in now. Oh, shit. And we ended up at one of one of the local bars at this time. And I said, yeah, this, I, I looked and I said, you know what's really nice is this bar is, is really laid back. Not a whole lot of problems here. You go in, you sit down, it's quiet, it's peaceful. You can watch a game, you can play pool, you can drink. You can carouse a little bit, but it never really gets out of hand. It's actually a really cool place to go. Oh, okay, cool. Sounds like my type of place. So we, you know, I let him go first. So he can kind of get a feel for the place when he gets in there, right? Okay, okay. And and I'm about, you know, I ended up getting caught outside. So I was talking to another friend of mine. I hadn't seen him forever couple minutes he goes well hey come on in teach i'll buy you a beer all right cool it sounds like a plan so i open the door i walk in the guy I brought with me from bloomington is standing literally 18 inches inside the door and i walk right into him like what are you doing why didn't you go to the bar he points at the bar and doesn't say a word i turn my head and i look at the bar my cousin that I now live two doors away from is behind the bar. He has the bartender bent over the beer cooler, and he's plowing the bartender with a full bar. Wow. That's some so, balls. You know, as you, she said, I found out about an hour later, she looked up and looked at him and said, you don't have the balls to do it. Well. <laughs> well, well, well. That was probably the wrong answer, especially for anybody inside this family. And I ought to know because I've got to get a Brazilian. <laughs> Again. <laughs> we'll save the story behind the first time for Friday night's show. <laughs> Remind me and I'll finally tell the story. Alright. Yeah, that's that's the fucking balls, uh, man, to walk in and see the bartender just fucking going to town in a full bar. I mean Amazingly, that uh, nobody was in trouble. But damn. Well, I mean, small community again. But what's even better is while my cousin's railing her, she didn't miss a beat on a drink. Huh. I and at that point, that point in time, my big one was, you know, the three wise men and a Jack and Coke. So I walk in, I'm like, three wise men and a Jack and Coke, and just as quick as normal, I got them. Right. Now, granted, she didn't move from where she was at, slid them down the bar to me, and I purposely sat at the other end of the bar to try to make her walk and leave him just waiting, you know. She refused to do that. <laughs> This was brought up about three months ago by my cousin, and I looked up at him, and I said, you know, I hope you left her a good tip that night. He goes, oh, she got the tip. She definitely got the tip. And I was like, and then some, right? And he goes, well, duh, you saw it. 
<laughs> this is the same bartender that she, she started bragging one night about her oral dexterity. And he's like, I've got to take a piss. And he looks at her and he goes, and you can't prove that. <laughs> he went in and he took a piss. He turned around and she was on her knees. There you go. And proved her oral dexterity that night. I used to know this lady I worked with that talked a lot of smack, you know. And right. When, when, when you just click with the right people at work, you literally could talk about whatever the fuck it is you want and nothing's ever said, right? Right. So I worked with this lady who, who was like that. Um, she literally talked back to you just the way you talked to her. Um, always had a, a good time at work. Always had a good attitude. Um, was a dirty-minded person, was a, was an open-minded person, um, and everything. And that conversation came up one day and I told that lady one day, I was like, you know what? I was like, I've listened to you talk about this and this and this and this and this. And I don't think you got the balls. I think that's bullshit. Yeah. She to you that her balls were on her chest and in her bra, didn't she? Yeah, something like that. So let's put a long story short from a long time ago. Um, she proved me wrong, and I was like, okay, understood, and I will never doubt you ever again. There was a there was a girl that was a lot like that, that was a bartender. You know, my, my final place that I interned was WQLZ before I started working as a working... Uh, working broadcaster and making money at it. Right. And during my time where I was literally there just completing what was left of my intern hours to get my license, uh, I met this bartender that used to work at that little, it was a little corner bar that was right across the street from uh, Camp Lincoln there in Springfield over on North Grand. Yep, yep, I know what you're talking about. All right, it's a barbecue joint now. Yeah. All right. So she just started talking, talking, talking one night. And I finally looked up and I said, you know what? I don't think you got the balls. You can't back that up to save your life. And we had been flirting back and forth like that for a while. She did have the balls. She could back it up, and that's the one I should have taken with me to Wisconsin, but I didn't push it. Nope. Nope. From what I hear, from what I hear, she is single yet again. Well, there you go. But there's only a couple people I know that would know how to get a hold of her. Well, you're just going to have to... I don't. You're just going to be like, hey, how do I reach out to blah, blah, blah? I don't know if you would be able to. Uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll give you the information I got later. Okay, so, I was going to say, let's not talk about it over there, just in case. No. But, uh, you know, like I said, <laughs> and the flirting got worse after that at the bar. Oh, to a point, the flirting got worse enough to a point that Gavin got jealous. Oh. 
which made it even more fun for me. It was so much more fun when Gavin got jealous. Those are the days I wish that I could be around to see some of the bullshit that was caused. You know, and this is this is funny because I bet you Gavin was always always trying to defend himself and yep. and talk he about like so funny. And then talk shit like this. Yeah. Catch me outside. How about that? Yeah, he did a lot of that. He did. <laughs> but there's there was one night now I'll give you a good Gavin story. And I told this story this morning on the morning disaster. I didn't get into too many details, but I did tell the story on the morning disaster. Gavin is the type that if you lay a challenge, no matter what the challenge is, he's got to prove that he can outdo you in anything you want to put the challenge down for. Oh, well, I could take that to my, my advantage. And especially back then. So we're talking early 2004. Okay. I'm fresh out of the military. I have the liver at that point to prove that I'm fresh out of the military. And I looked at him and I said, I'll guarantee you that you are. Now, and mind you, back then, I drank strictly Budweiser. Okay. If, if I was drinking beer, it was Bud. First time he came up to my house, and he eventually ended up being my roommate for a little while. I was like, well, hey, I'm going to run over, and I'm going to go get some beer. What do you want? I'm picking up Bud for me. And he goes, Bacardi Triple Black. What? I was like, I said I'm getting beer. Yeah, get me Bacardi Triple Black. No, hey, and I, I finally turned around. I'm like, hey, dipshit. I said I'm buying beer. Hmm. That was what he drank. Bacardi Triple Black. Some stupid little funky wine coolers. Hey, you know, man, I had a, I had a guy that party with us back in the day that would drink, like, hard lemonade, like, by the gallon. And I was like, all right, cool, whatever. But... I don't mind drinking one of those once in a while, but I'm not going to drink it as a full-time thing. I remember back in the way back in the day, it used to be ten dollars. This is this was in Jacksonville many many years ago at the the store that's right. still there, Dunlap Court. Um, would pick up a twelve pack of Red Dog for ten bucks. Oh. And would also pick up a case of Bud Ice, Beware of the Penguin, for cheap. And we would just go out and have a fucking drunk drunk. So to kind of get back to what I was saying here, there was this night, I'm sitting there, I'm drinking a Bud, and he's drinking that Bacardi Triple Black. And he's bragging about how that's more potent than anything anybody else around here drinks, and he's more of a man, blah, blah, blah. Just, <laughs> you know what, dude? I pick it, you drink it. We go shot for shot. Whoever's standing at the end is the winner, and the other one has to shut up. Well, I don't know about all that. I was like, what, no balls? 
Mm, yeah. Oh, you son of a bitch, I'll out drink you any day of the week. All right, cool. It's on. If I spent a little bit more money, I probably should have. But I brought in a bottle of Pepe. And then I brought in to follow it up a bottle of 1800. Mm-mm-mm. I, I, w- I would have just got up and left. And then I cracked open the 1800. And I started being, because, you know, Pepe's pretty lightweight tequila. Yeah. 1800's not. Nope. So I hit him with the lightweight stuff to warm him up, and then I broke out the 1800. Did his asshole pucker? When I got up, he, he said he had to go to the bathroom. I didn't really pay attention, he, and he went to the bathroom. I finished off the bottle, and I went to bed. I'm like, oh, screw this. I don't need to deal with this bullshit. Got up the next morning, and I had to take a raging piss. Something fierce. So I go into the bathroom. There's Gavin laying in the bathtub where he had fell into the bathtub covered in his own feces, urine, and vomit. <laughs> Looking like an overdrunken Oompa Loompa. oh god please tell me there's a picture somewhere I wish I had one but I don't think you really wanted a picture of that because he was also naked (laughs) no I would not want that because he's naked (laughs) but I did do the one thing that seemed to make sense at that point Instead of going all the way to the toilet, I unzip. Yeah. Turn ninety degrees, and I peed on him. Oops. <laughs> they don't clean him off. Ugh, that's gross. Eating as much as an elephant eats. <laughs> Terribly fat. What do you think will come of that? I don't like the look of it. And no one likes the look of him. <laughs> Oof. But, yeah, that was the highlight of being around him as I got to urinate on him. That could. Oh, man, that's just so gross, but so fucking funny at the same time. God damn. <laughs> Well, he got completely hammered one night and did the same thing to a girlfriend he had. Well, that... In the bed. He did that? He he crapped the bed, he pissed the bed, and he barfed on her. Ew. After he passed out drunk, she just rolled around in it. That's gross. Oh, God, gross. That is gross. Excellent. The one thing Gavin cannot do is hold his alcohol. 
You know, you're not the first person that's told me that. Let me tell you, let me tell you a story of, uh, let me tell you the story of the time that Cardini, Cardini met beautiful Bobby Eaton in the bar. Mm-hmm. So, we just get done doing a show up in Lincoln, Illinois. And usually after those shows, we all went out to the bar, had some beers, ate dinner. You know, good food. Local local pub there, really good food. Um, right. And just have a good time and then head home. Um, well, on this, on this particular night, beautiful Bobby Eaton. And uh, if, if anybody out there who doesn't know who beautiful Bobby Eaton is, um, two things are going to happen. Um, you're going to look it up on Google so you know who the fuck I'm talking about. And then I'm going to come to your house and I'm going to hit you in the fucking face with a tack hammer. Um, beautiful Bobby Eaton um, was part of a tag team called the Blue Bloods back in WCW with Lord Steven Regal. Um, beautiful Bobby Eaton was one of the greatest um, wrestlers in WCW who was a technical wrestler. And he was he was one to just beat the dog piss out of you. Um, and he had a very great run in wrestling. Um, I, I, I enjoyed watching a lot of beautiful Bobby Eaton versus, uh, now we know him as Stone Cold Steve Austin. And back in the day, he was known as Stunning Steve Austin, uh, half of the Hollywood blondes along with, uh, you know, the late great Brian Pillman. Um, Bobby Eaton happens to be there this night and we do this, we do this whole deal with him and we go out to the bar and we're not even in the bar 20 minutes, uh, maybe a half a drink in. And Bobby is literally pushing Cardini. He's trying to push his buttons. He's trying to see what he could get this clown to do. And he says some things, and, and Cardini just looks at him. He's like, whatever, old man. And Bobby Eaton jumps out of his chair, and Cardini jumps out of his chair, and they lock up inside the bar. And beautiful Bobby Eaton looks at him and says, listen to me, motherfucker. I'll take you out in the beer garden, and I'll whoop your ass like you ain't never been whipped before in your life. And that's the time we all went out and got drunk with beautiful Bobby Eaton. That would have been entertaining just to be a fly on the wall. Yep. And there's been multiple times that we've been out with beautiful Bobby Eaton. Um... Just just after a wrestling show, period. It was it was always a, always a great thing. Um, just just things like that make you think of stories and and stuff from the past. There's a lot more I could talk about, but I'm not really going to get into a lot of it. Some of them would get me in trouble. Just a few. Yeah, maybe a few. But there's there's always when it comes to Gavin, my favorite story of all time is. They're sitting there. Now, I had already taken my first job in Wisconsin as a paid job as a broadcaster. Right. So I wasn't present for this. I've always gotten it secondhand. I don't know everything that happened. But I have heard the recorded audio from the show. The phone rings. Of course, you can't hear it in a radio station because back then it was a bright, blinking light. Right, right. Producer at the time gets on the on the uh, intercom and he goes, uh, "Excuse me, to the host, you really need to take this." And the host goes, "Oh my God, what what do we need to take this? For? Who is it?" Gavin. Well, why is he not here? What's he? But he gets on the phone. He goes, "Where are you? 
and Gavin says, oh, man, I got a bum rap. Uh. Well, the show host, and you know who I'm talking about, immediately goes, what? You got your bum wrapped. Right, right. Who's saying it's time for a joke? Well, where are you? I'm in jail. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, you're where? And then you hear the famous, and if you remember a, a jail phone call, you hear the famous line from the Sangamon County Jail. Yep. It's almost 20 years later that still has yet to die. It gets funnier every time. Just like that same particular host, who's still a very good friend of mine, set Gavin up with a... For the point of this conversation, we will call her a woman. Very obese. Has admitted multiple times that she has herpes. And Gavin went on a date. Oh, shit. Get to, get to the end of the night. She was still, somehow, she was still interested. I don't know how. I think maybe one too many drugs or something. She goes, well, are you going to call me? <laughs> Gavin says, well, I would, but uh, my phone bill hasn't been paid. My phone, you know, I need 50 bucks to pay my phone bill I mean, and, and get it turned back on. I don't have it. You know, if you could loan me the money, I could pay you back on Friday. Oh, my God. So she gives him the money. Ah. They talk for a little bit longer, and she goes, you know what? I, I really need to go home. And she keeps trying to leave. He's not letting her leave. He keeps talking to her. He's kind of getting in the way of the door. And she goes, no, no, I really got to go. And he keeps getting in her way. And she finally looks up and goes, what is it going to take for me to be able to go home? And he says, well, uh, you know, you could blow me or something. To get him out of her way so she could leave, she orally satisfied yeah. him. And then he finally moves out of the way so she may leave and go home. What a dick. That was in 2007. Damn her. To, the, to this day, we are still trying to figure out, was that him being a, a gigolo of some very extreme talent that none of us thought he had? Or was that date rape? Date rape. The audience can be the judge. Mm, mm, mm. That's that's horrible. You're 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 telling me this uh, really nasty, disgusting story um, about somebody we know. As I'm watching a video that was just posted to Facebook of a memory from four years ago, uh, it's the uh, infamous 
infamous um, pink chicken video that has been posted uh, as a oh my God. as a memory. Uh, and it's hilarious. Um, let me see if I can play some audio from it here for you. Hang on a second. Let's see. You're blurry, so there so you go. I had to tag there we go. JD, who is the one that donated yeah. the money. JD, the Payne McTaggart guys. Let's go. I'm ready. Uh, All right, where are we doing this? We got. We're doing it. He says he doesn't mind up front where everybody can see. We can do it right here. Now, to see the video uh, for the listeners, they're going to have to go to Sage Ramsey's Facebook page and, and click on the video because uh, you have to see this. It's a uh, video of a 16-year-old kid who embarrassed the hell out of himself uh, for a very good cause um, and helping us raise almost $11,000 at Wrestling for a Cure season one. One's ready. I had to make sure it was good consistency. Good consistency. Uh, okay. Wow, I really shouldn't drink it. <laughs> yeah. So they got good consistency. We'll just put that on pause until you're ready to do the dance. So we found the chicken dance music. Now let me explain to you here. So. Let's go. President Jason Wilhite is getting ready to dump two. Two bottles of syrup, pancake syrup, onto Rob Leach's body as he's dumping it all over him. Then throws pink feathers on him from a boa. And he goes in the middle of the street of a busy road and does a chicken dance. Uh, I'm not seeing JD in here yet. Well, if this was a dream, the music was supposed to play. It will, don't worry. Fast forward. I got pink feathers. I got pink, pink feathers. feathers. We just have to and the video is literally Rob dancing in the street, covered in syrup and pink feathers, as the pink chicken. As you can hear, you the chicken move your arms like a chicken. <laughs> There's no one here, he says. And now he's oh, he's, he's dancing in front of oh, traffic, shit. clapping his arms like a chicken. <laughs> You're losing your feathers. That is definitely a video you should check out. I'll pull the link, and I'll put it in the bio, uh, the description of the program for today. Um, let me go ahead and copy and paste that now. Um, because that is one that people need to see. Um, it was it was phenomenal. Oh, that is great. So, oh well. So I mean, when you know, when we do finally talk Tyler into getting into the porta pot and that exploding all over him, I mean, are we going to wind up covering him in feathers and making him do the chicken dance in a busy street too? I mean, we could. I don't see why we shouldn't. I mean, I think that's worth an extra, you know, five bucks. Maybe ten. JD will pay for it. Oh, yeah. JD will pay for anything. I don't know. Are you going to be uh, free later on this evening, say probably about another hour, hour and a half? 
More than likely, like I said, I'm parked for the night. I ain't going anywhere. Well, I will be live. Um, well, a good friend of mine will be live. Timothy Givens will be live on uh, his regular Facebook page later tonight doing mailbag. I uh, got some uh, packages in the mail this week, and he wants to share with everybody what's all in those packages. Oh, good deal. And if you haven't watched those before, he does uh, he does uh, pro wrestling crate reveals. Um, he does some um, loot crate reveals, but he does what they call the fright crate, so it's a bunch of scary shit. Um, just random mail bags that he gets in the mail. Um, he did a uh, Back to the Future one not too long ago. It was pretty badass. Um, that was fun. With the entire box from uh, all three movies and all the memorabilia. That was pretty cool. But he will be live tonight. I know he has one, two, three, four, five different packages uh, to open up tonight. So that'll be interesting to watch. Keep an eye out for that. Will. So, um, I don't keep my people on long. I just get on here and I ramble about a bunch of shit. And if I get a caller in, we talk about whatever we want. Because why? Because it's Billy Alexander's fucking podcast. And he can talk about whatever the fuck he wants, as much as he wants, and just as little as he wants. Because I own it, I pay for it, and I distribute it. So, fuck you. Um, it is a 100% uns- Right? 100% uncensored, so everything is said, uh, uh, is said, everything that goes happens uh, as it happens. Um, I don't have anything else to ramble about, except I do need to fire the grill up, because I got some pretty sweet-looking pork chops that I'm going to cook for dinner for everybody. And uh, then I'm going to do some uh, mailbag, so everybody can see what they got in the mail. Uh, well, Billy, thank you for having me on. I appreciate you for taking time out of your busy parked afternoon to uh, give me a call. What the fuck? I missed a phone call from Elvis's secret hideaway. <laughs> well, then I'll get out of here so you can take that. Holy shit. What the fuck? I don't even know what that is, but I'll have to call and see what that is. Well, if you talk to my uh, if you talk to my friend Lucifer, he'll tell you that fucking Elvis is alive. Oh yeah, Elvis is definitely alive. We all know that. But he only knows where Elvis is hidden. Well, well, he's gonna have to tell me. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is TJ Miner for Mayhem Unleashed. Check him out Friday, Saturday, and Sunday evenings, usually around seven. Right around seven p.m. Seven ish. Uh, give or take, uh, crazy shit happens every single week on that show, uh, with, you can get us at, you can get us at facebook.com slash mayhem unleash zero one, or you can listen to us on the morning disaster app for all you, you download at morningdisaster.net. for all you idiots out there that don't know how to do that type of shit. Just go on to Facebook and type in mayhem unleashed and, and watch I'm telling you now, it's better to see the facial expressions on how things happen at the time that they happen. Because I know there's just too many people out there that just don't know shit about the phone and downloading stuff. And that sucks for you. But there are a lot of people that listen on that app, too. And watch what you say in the chat room. They pay attention. 
And we always wind up with somebody at least once a week in Facebook. Jim. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep, that's usually what does happen. This is Behind the Mic with Billy Alexander. I am Billy Alexander. TJ Miner, Mayhem Unleashed. Say goodbye. We'll see you soon. Have a good one. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll play out the music as we go out the door here. Enjoy. Because, you know, just, you know what? Just, just sit there and listen, guys. Here it goes. Shut up and sit down.